Howdy, welcome to another episode of Tales from the Pits. This is Brian. And Andrew. And? Yes, I And you are here for 2M Smokehouse. Yeah, hey. hey guys. Thanks for coming. Howdy. Thank you for having us out. Out here in San Antonio on the east, southeast? East, southeast, yeah. Southeast yeah. side, all right. Yeah, we've uh, we've been here before. We're trying to get back here more often. Um, you guys are doing some great barbecue out here, um, but yeah, I know you've got a history that goes back long before 2M became a reality to what it is today. So let's let's start with uh, what was barbecue for like growing up? Like what style of barbecue did you eat? Did you cook? Yeah, um, I mean, growing up, my dad my dad would always grill a lot in the backyard and stuff, you know. So I grew up with that. Um, as a Mexican, we would have parties every weekend, you know, which is kind of cool. Um, and then the old man, he, eventually he'd have a little too many, and the meat would start coming out a little burnt. So uh, after a while, I got kind of tired of it. I know my mother got ti- sick and tired I, I of it. I had an uncle like that. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I just, I just kind of, you know, just told him if I can start cooking some food and, you know, making whatever he was making at the time, which was, you know, um, chicken, fajitas, and ribs and stuff. You know, nothing too crazy. Um, so it, it started from that point. I think it was like 15 or 16 when that happened. And I just instantly fell in love with it. And from that point... I just started barbecuing every chance I got every weekend. I, I met Joe, my business partner, who is you know, my best friend and stuff. And we met in high school. And uh, his father had a big old smoker. It was a uh, it was an old oil drum, mm-hmm. and they converted it into that. And that's when I started cooking briskets. And I started destroying that for a good while, <laughs> and spending money on that every weekend. And then I got a job. So driving. when you when you started cooking briskets, I mean, did you just go just start it from cold? I mean, did you have any? Any tips or anything, or you no, just threw it on the pit yeah, and went? I just, I just, I just threw it on the pit. Well, his, his, so his dad would cater here and there, and he would, he would cook briskets. So I kind of, you know, saw how he would do it, um, and then just kind of took it and did my own thing from there. And then at that point, I kind of just started, you know, looking into things and, you know, reading about it. And I didn't know how big the barbecue scene was until I made a trip to Austin one day, and like everybody else, I went to, I, I was in Austin. And I looked up great, good barbecue restaurants. Because here in San Antonio, growing up, we don't know what selling out means. And we don't know what long lines right. is and all that shit. So, um, so when I went to Austin, I looked up, and, and Franklin's had the best reviews, obviously. So we went there. It was like 3 o'clock, and he was sold out. And I was like, oh, what the hell does this mean? <laughs> like, I, don't, I don't understand. So we ended up going to Style Switch. Um, so that was my first barbecue in Austin, and it was phenomenal. I, I, I loved every, every bite of that barbecue. And I came back home, and I was like, man, there's some really good barbecue out there. And from that point on, I kind of started seeing just how big this whole barbecue thing really is, and I started doing more research. And by that time, I was already cooking a lot more. At least, you know, every weekend I try to cook and have little, little get-togethers at my house and bring people in. And um, I just created a passion for it. It's the thing that would get me through my job and stuff like that. I was like, we just got to make it to this day. You kind of plan for the weekend. It's yeah. Like, you know, and I know in the weekend I get to cook. And that's yeah, yeah, exactly. Great. And then from there, we just went. Um, I kept going to Austin every so often. Finally went to Franklin's. Blew my mind. It was amazing. And then um, shortly after, uh, John Lewis opened up La Barbecue. Or, you know, Leanne and John opened up La Barbecue. And I started going there started talking to John, made, made friends with John, and I was a bus driver at the time, and then I I ended up I ended up losing my job, and then I called John, and I was like, hey man, you know, do you guys need, do you guys need a, a worker or anything like that? And he was like, no, not right now, like we, you know, the position had been filled, and I was like, all right, that, that's cool. 
and then he called me about a week later and he was like hey man would you want to come in for um for cook and i was like yeah i, I would love to you know and by th by this time i was already getting better and better at what i was doing at least i felt like i was and so i got to go and that's and that's pretty much how it happened around um, what year was that first trip to style switch that kind of started the shit, journey that's a for good you question <laughs> um when was that? That was maybe 2000, not 12, maybe 2011. 2011, okay. Yeah, I was curious, like the timeline of how, because where you are now to where you were. It's right, like, right. Yeah, I would say I would say maybe, maybe. Yeah. Okay. So not so, that long ago. No. No, in the grand scheme of things, to, to be where you are now, is yeah. it's pretty pretty remarkable. Um, so so you, you've gone on with uh, working with John Lewis and, at La Barbecue. Uh, what did you start off doing, like your first tasks when you were cooking oh um cooking briskets your briskets right away yeah right right away um john john threw me to trim he watched the way i trimmed um by this point i was already pretty good at it just because i was doing it at the house and stuff um so he really didn't have to coach me too much on that which was great um and then from that point it was just watching me cook cook briskets and seeing how i would do it and um it was great i mean i learned i didn't i I got better at cooking brisket, but I feel that La Barbecue taught me how to cook in capacity, which is what you that, need. Yeah, that's a big. That's yeah, we've know. heard from a lot of people. That's the big thing: cooking one or two briskets on right, a small pit right. compared to cooking 30, 40, 50 briskets right, exactly. on a thousand gallon. So that propane. to me was you know was awesome. And then um, you know, making sausage and just all the cool things that went to to working there. And so then were just, you making just being sausage with John. early on? No, no, no. Uh, Frankie, Frankie was always making sausage sausage and then eventually i would help him because you know, obviously now you're doing it and we'll talk about that yeah in a little bit yeah and um i mean eventually the barbecue started getting bigger and bigger we need to make more you know and so i would help out frank every now and then make some sausage and stuff and that was really cool and then just you know just being there with john and like learning things from john and just talking with john about barbecue that was that was awesome i always wanted to work you know with him and that was really neat so i got to do that and that was cool one of one of the things that i've i've heard about john is is how um, I don't know if the word is fastidious or not, but um, how careful he is with, with writing down all of the conditions, keeping everything in the notebook, always tracking kind of the cooks. Yeah, um, he's he's real he's real um, he's real funny when it comes to that. Like he's, I mean, he the way that man's mind works is is really neat. Um, when you can tap into it and he can teach you some things or he can show you some things or talk to you about some things, it kind of blows your mind. More, more analytical about, oh, definitely. about definitely. the reasons why this yes. cook went a little different. Yeah. Um, you know, over the years, as, as barbecue has sort of evolved in Texas and it's, it's gotten to this level, um, I think that's one of the things that's really made a change is the ability to have that same quality of brisket day in and day out, regardless of what the effects are, the wood, the moisture, density, the seasoning of the wood, really. Yeah, temperature, temperature outside, all the yeah, factors yeah. that go into everything. Yeah. Everything. Because yeah. that changes how you have to cook every day. Right? Absolutely. I mean, uh, on Tuesdays, I start looking at the weather for the week and we kind of start seeing, you know, are we going to add water? You know, how is the moisture going to be? How's the day is going to look? How's the fire going to run? Is it going to be cold? You know, I'm going to know that, you know, we're going to need more dry wood because, you know, if it's, if it's too wet or too green, it's not going to burn the way that I need it to. If it's going to be hot, then, you know, Maybe maybe back off on the on the dry wood, you know, because it's going to get too hot. So it's kind of crazy that everything plays a factor. And then you know, on top of trimming brisket, I mean, even trimming briskets the right way, you know, plays a factor as opposed to you know butchering a brisket. It cooks differently. 
It's crazy. Sh- I mean, a- again, things that we've learned more recently than in the past is the shaping of a brisket. Yeah. So there's it, what, it, what it is, it's not just trimming. When you say trimming, and what I've always thought historically of trimming was removing fat. Right. And there's also a level of, of actually shaping the brisket, which is regardless of whether there's fat or meat. Right. It's to get the right airflow over the brisket, and it does make a difference. It, yeah, it makes, it makes a huge difference. Um, you want to make it as aerodynamic as possible and just have that, have that heat and smoke just hit it and r- roll over it. You know, just perfectly and nicely, and yeah. gone are the days of just throw it on the pit and let it yeah. go. Yeah, I mean, I tell people, you yeah. know, it's like anybody can throw a hunk of meat on a, on a pit and you know cook it. You know, there's that way, and then there's the right way. Yeah, and it, it's interesting. I mean, as we continue to learn and we cook, I mean, we we did that the last cook. We actually did more shaping than we've ever done before. Yeah, and you can see kind of the little divots, mm-hmm. and you can see the difference in the color and the texture and everything where it didn't get the same kind of airflow as other other areas. I mean, it's really yeah. interesting. When you start to see it and visualize it, it's different than just how you thought about it before. Right. Um, there, there really is a reason to do that. Right. So, uh, so you're working on a barbecue, and then I know John had, had plans to move to Charleston and, and start his own barbecue place out there. And so you took over the pits full-time when John left, or what was the transition like after that? Yeah, um, I pretty much took over um his his duties so you know making inventory uh just kind of keeping everything in order in the back uh doing doing my best to keep quality up and all that good stuff um john john came back and fell in love with south carolina at that point i knew he was going to dip out and i was i was kind of preparing myself to okay i mean i gotta kind of be the face now you know and um i had i had frankie with me and he was he was awesome i mean he's tremendous guy so we had we had a we had a good solid team there at the barbecue, which helped out, definitely helped out. How was it? How was it like cooking? You know, one of the things, especially at the time, I know they're in the in inside the quickie picky, um, sort of a brick and mortar setup now. But back then, it was the trailer. What is it like cooking every day in a in a trailer? It sucks. In a <laughs> <laughs> it sucks. I, I figured so, but yeah. Um, um, yeah, it's just you know, it's I mean, you don't have you don't have you know plumbing. Um, you got gray water that you got to go dump. Um, if it's raining, you know, you got mud track that you got to do, and you're in a tiny trailer with four other people, and there's never enough room to do things, never enough refrigeration. Um, but it's the a barbecue, glamorous life, it sounds like. It's a beautiful yeah. life, man. <laughs> uh, but, you know, I mean, people, not, I mean, not people, um, the barbecue did a really good job as far as, you know, figuring out where to utilize, you know, as much space as possible and yeah well that's the thing that you know we noticed and i guess it's a testament to the the team you guys had in place then and and after that as well as the quality stayed the same after john left which was a testament to the program system he'd put in place and that you'd carried on and right and the team that was there um which is it's not easy to do i mean a lot of people will tell you if you've got a different person cutting or trimming one night to the next you're going to have a different result and Absolutely. so that, that's you know it's a testament to that quality so so you were running the pits at la barbecue for about how long about was that two years or yeah i was at la barbecue for two years okay yeah. and so then uh you know as as most do you wanted to have something of your own you know so uh tell us what you know when you decide to leave la barbecue and strike out on your own you know yeah i always i always knew that i was going to do my own thing i always wanted to do my own thing um landing the gig of the barbecue was just it was just that that cherry on top that i was just like man this is really neat um and in doing that it kind of gave me that extra confidence that you kind of needed to be able to say like 
I think I can do it now. You know, I think we can go in here and I can kind of, I already know how I want my restaurant to flow and how I want it to happen and what kind of quality food I want to produce and stuff. So I left there, came back, called up Joe and was like, hey man, let's, let's, let's do this. Let's open up this place. And it was, it was a struggle, but you know, we're here now. Yeah. And, and, and I can imagine, you know, especially scratching ground and, yeah. and kicking it off. Um, my, my nephew, Corey, a good friend of ours has some questions and uh, we'll sprinkle those throughout here, but this is the, the first one. Um, you know, and what about when you were starting to do this, um, what kind of different reactions did you get? People that were on board, was there hesitation? How hard was it, in other words, um, for you and Joe to kind of get this going on your own? I mean, was it, I, I imagine it's not as easy as, hey, I'd like to open a barbecue joint and people start throwing money at you. Right? Yeah, no, <laughs> um, especially coming, not coming from money. Um, it was, it was very hard. Um, Joe, Joe was working at a, at a really good job here uh, he had a wife he has two daughters and stuff so that was that was tough for him um i saved up whatever i could save up um during the time that i was you know working over there and and also before i went over there and we kind of just put that together and went from there i know we did a small little gofundme and we got some cash from there we were going to do pop-ups in lido and that didn't work out we had one there and uh the city just kind of shut it down so we were like, all right, that's fine. Like, it's not that big of a deal. We came back and we were thinking about a trailer and I didn't want to do a trailer, but sometimes it's the cheaper route to go. Uh, turns out here in San Antonio, it's not that cheap after all. And it was just more. Yeah, Austin is like trailer capital where, yeah. I mean, and I don't know about San Antonio, what you just mentioned, but in Houston, it's, it's, it's very, very hard difficult. to get a trailer legal you know certified yeah. and all that stuff so i'm guess san antonio's yeah it's not way. it's not that easy um there are a couple of food truck parks here um i know they were booked at the time we weren't going to be able to get in and then just having to pay for one trailer and then another trailer that we would have to convert into a functional trailer to have the pit on because it's so big um and then having to pay you know rent for the place that you were going to be at we looked at all that and then we found this place i found this place on craigslist and it's a second place in a row. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We, we interviewed we someone this morning really? that found their yeah. restaurant on Craigslist. <laughs> yeah, uh, found, found this place on Craigslist. Uh, talked to my landlord. Uh, he wanted to sell it. We don't, don't have the money to buy it, at the, you know, and so we kind of worked out a deal with him. I talked to him, and he liked he liked what we wanted to do with the place. So he said, "All right, you know, I'll, I'll give it to you. I'll rent it to you at this." And um, rents rents good and we said you know what i think we can make it happen and at that point we became carpenters and electricians and plumbers <laughs> and we did everything pretty much everything in this restaurant we did ourselves from the countertops to the to the bar tops and you know getting make making sure that whatever pipes needed to be fixed got fixed and you know all that good jazz but we made it work and it's a testament that you know you don't have to have a lot of money to do what it is that you want to do you just got to be able to bust ass and be willing to put you know, in them hours exactly yeah. yeah it's not not glamorous not easy um and and you can't just outsource everything got to do no, it yourself yeah right? you got you got to do it yourself and i mean people weren't people weren't really hesitant when we wanted to do it um i know joe was probably a little nervous but he was actually he had a lot of comp, he had a lot of faith in in me and a lot of faith in what it is that we wanted to do and i didn't want anybody else to be in charge of the business side but him and so we just went in there. I know I was unemployed for a whole year trying to get this place up and running because I needed every minute of every day to do everything that we were trying to do. Joe was still working during the day, and then he'd come over here at night, and we'd be doing things. Uh, my wife now, she was working two jobs supporting me and her. 
so I can so we can do this damn thing. And congratulations, you just got married. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just got yeah. married. Yeah, I just got married. Um, I'll let you know how it's like in five years. From now. <laughs> As of right now, it's really cool. But no, yeah, she she stuck by me through that whole entire thing. Um, she was, she, you know, she's amazing. It had been for her. I don't think we would be here right now. Um, and and here we are. When uh, when you opened the doors, how what was that like? I mean, was it? I mean. You are SL. You have a little bit of history, but San Antonio had probably not heard much of you. No, um, not at all. As a matter of fact, so when we were doing this, I was like, we still needed money, you know. So we started doing pop-ups under here, and um, so every Saturday we would have our little pop-ups, and that would kind of generate and give us a little bit of cash flow. And that kind of slowly started getting our names out. I think and Robert Sierra probably funded most of those pop-ups, like <laughs> buying all the food from you. It's like every pop-up, there was Robert out there. Robert, <laughs> yeah. I mean, so just, just you know, knowing knowing those people and having those guys, you know, have my back and, like, help me out and spread the word and stuff like that, that was tremendously helpful. And then from that point, you know, people, you know, just local, local newspaper came. Um, you know, we have an essay current here, which kind of, like, the Austin Chronicle or the Houston, whatever you guys have yeah, like the there. press. Yeah, or, yeah, yeah there you go. Yeah. So you know, we slowly started getting the press, and that that helped out. That kind of generated that. So opening day, we had we had a cool line, like every other restaurant that opens up. It's you know, it's family and friends, and then like a, cute, a couple of random people that just you know yeah. either heard about us or maybe came to a pop up or two, and it just kind of just went from there. It kind of just escalated from there, and it's kind of just continued, which is really cool. But it was nerve wracking, man. I mean. Yeah, I can open up the doors to a restaurant you're like i don't know what's gonna happen i mean and that's still every day here you know we're not yeah. out of the woodworks yet every day we're like this this could be it this could be the week that no yeah. one cares anymore i think it was uh Arnest robbins at evie Mays that was telling us it was the most terrifying day of his life the first time he first time he did the trailer and then when they moved into the restaurant it was he's like i just wanted to crawl back in my bed and just not even open the doors yeah no i mean it feels that way because you're like i mean i mean obviously you knew you could cook you knew you know your right. product was good but how would it be received by right. the community how, yeah and, and i mean like everywhere you know you're gonna have your people that love it and you're gonna have your people that don't care for it and that's fine you know um i'm tr- i want to i would love to please everybody but you know san san antonio is is that city and it's still you know there's there's certain barbecue spots here that are now getting to that point where it's like i mean people want quality and let, let's kind of talk spots. about that and touch on as we go through the menus i mean you you made tweaks you made changes you came up with your own stuff to give it your own vibe here um, but as you mentioned, San Antonio. I mean, there was a, there was a couple of barbecue joints here um, that were well known. You're you're in a part of town that probably wasn't that style of barbecue. What was it? What was the reaction to, you know, this this richer, fattier barbecue that still had the bark on it? Um, was that was that accepted well right off the bat, or did you have to kind of work through some of those customers? No, yeah, um, it's fifty fifty. Like there's some some people that it was just a little too fatty for them, you know, a little too rich, which I understand. Um, and I kind of just slowly guided them to the leaner, you know, Hey, we got, we got lean brisket, you know, um, that's one of the, the other things not to detract no. too much, but you know, as you mentioned, when people ask if you want moist or lean, mm-hmm. you know, if you don't know what you want, who's going to say lean, yeah, everybody's going to say moist. Yeah, so many right. people don't exactly. get so that, you that need there's two to parts kind of, of a brisket. And, yeah. Right. Yeah, you need to kind of show them. I know corkscrew has some diagrams. You know, this is what our moist looks like. This is what our lean looks like. That's kind of neat. Um, yeah. But, you know, and it's to try to prevent that accidental 
customer right. interaction right. where they go, half of my meat was fat. Well, especially uh, when right. especially when you say the word moist, because everyone's going to say, well, of course I want my yeah, meat I'd, to be moist. Right. You know, right. I don't want not. I don't want dry soleless brisket. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a great line. Um, no, yeah, and it's kind of funny because I I'm more of a lean eater as opposed to a fattier brisket. I I, I prefer more of the lean. I think it's got a better flavor and. And if it's done right, it's it's, it's hard really, to really do good. right. But yeah, it's it a good is, way to I it's mean, a good way to compare briskets. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, San Antonio, San Antonio accepted it. Um, it's it's taken them a minute, and you know, we're gonna keep we're gonna keep doing it as long as they keep loving it. We'll keep making it, and you know, for everybody that it's not for them, there's plenty of other great barbecue spots around here. They're so, really good with fried chicken and iced tea. I think absolutely. <laughs> that particular so, one. So when when you decided that okay, it's it's time I'm going to open my own place. Was San Antonio from day one? It was going to be San Antonio because that's home. Was that? Yeah, yeah. I always i this is this is this is home for me. I was born and raised here, and this is where I wanted to open it up at. Um, I just I wanted to bring, you know, something great to the city, and not not that there wasn't already great barbecue here, but I wanted to be a part of that you know, part of that scene that is doing something for the city that I love. And so let's talk about that kind of, um, you know, the, the evolution of barbecue and sort of the, the Tex-Mex spin on it. One of the, one of your signature items is your sausage. Yeah. Um, the walk and tell us a little bit about that and, and what's in it and how that works out for you. Yeah. I, I just wanted it to be different. Um, I wanted to incorporate some of the cheeses that I, that I got growing up. Um, and I was just, jalapeno and cheddar you know I, I wanted something different so i was like what what is it can i do and so i was like hey you know what i think i'm gonna do the serrano and i wanted a different cheese and i've always liked oaxaca cheese because i love quesadillas and so i was like you know what i'm gonna throw that in there and i threw in some cilantros and we have oreganos in there and cumins and it's, you know a lot of those such a texts. unique sausage yeah. like it, when you bite into that it's like God, it's just it, there's so much flavor in there and it's so original it's like I said when you've eaten as much barbecue as we have and you get something that you haven't had anywhere else it's like damn it yeah you're like, i appreciate <laughs> that man yeah thanks and yeah and that's that's what i wanted so i was like no this is this is the route that i'm going to take and then i have my beef sausage you know which is it's kind of traditional i didn't really do anything crazy with it kind of just that sausage is just that sausage that just gets changed up every so often sometimes <laughs> i'll be like eh, i think i want to add this to it today or whatever <laughs> and see how it sells or see how it does but my my pork sausage, I really wanted it to stand out. It definitely does. Yeah, and we we made our own version, kind of similar to that. As as he started saying the reason why, right. yeah, we were doing the exact same thing. We're like, well, we don't want jalapeno, and we don't want just regular cheddar cheese, right. and so we did we did a uh, Anaheim pepper with Monterey Jack cheese nice. sausage. Um, but it was kind of that same same concept, yeah. not as good as yours. No, no. Um, <laughs> but but you know, um, so let's talk about some of the other other items on your menu. Um, what else did you come up with? I know we've got the chicharroni macaroni. Yeah. Um, let's talk about that. That's unique as well. Yeah. Um, I was actually, uh, we were, it was Thanksgiving and I was like, man, I, I want to introduce Mac. Like I want to have Mac and cheese on my menu, but I want it to be different. And so I use, I use Oaxaca cheese in it as well. And I wanted, I wanted to top it with something that was different. And I was like, what, what can I do? And, I like, and we were there hanging out and there was a bag of pork rinds there. And I was like, why well, just throw some pork rinds on that? <laughs> and I did. And then, um, and then it just, it just went from there. Yeah, it works. And then a buddy of mine was at the party, and he came up with the name, 
chicharroni macaroni, <laughs> and I never give him any credit for it. <laughs> and it, it's just well, here's little, your chance. It's just a little <laughs> joke that I have, and I always I give him shit about it, and I'm like I'm like I came up with it, <laughs> but no, he he did, and um, this is his little. I'll, I'll give him a little shout out. There you go. There you go. And then the borracho beans, which are you know pretty traditional, but there's a little different flavor in there as yeah. well. Yeah. So those those are my wife's. Um, I didn't I didn't make those borracho beans. Um, those those are hers. Um, she does whatever she puts in them and however she makes them. Um, since the day I met her, I always loved her beans. So I said, hey, since you work here, you can do the beans. <laughs> so and that's she, hers. And I try. Huh? She's helped develop desserts too for you guys, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, she does. She does the dessert. She does the beans. I mean, she does all the prep. You know, she's cashier whenever, whenever we need her to be and stuff like that. So it's been going really. Well, good. let's jump into desserts and then we'll come back to the pickled item, right. I guess. Um, today we had the tres leches. Um, we had the uh, pineapple, yeah, the upside, pineapple down. upside down. Yeah. Tres leches. Um, tell us about some of the desserts and um, some of the other stuff that y'all are doing. Yeah. Um, so she she made that one. This that's her second one that she's made. Uh, the first one she didn't like the way it, it turned out, so she threw it away. But I knew that. So I wanted desserts, but I wanted it to be different. So I was like, you know what? I think I want tres leches. And she loves baking and doing all that stuff. So she was like, well, let me. You know, I want to make tres leches, but I want to do it my way. And I was like, that's fine. And she's like, I don't want it to be traditional. I want it to be yeah, different very flavors and, again, yeah. and rotating flavors. So, yeah, I mean, she's made, you know, she has a lemon one. She has an orange one, strawberry. I think next week we're going to do red velvet, tres leches, and uh and so we're coming back next week. Huh? Banana pudding tres leches? <laughs> oh, I don't know. Don't know. Yeah, yeah so, she's, <laughs> so she's, you know, she's, she's whipping those up, and she's making, she's rotating flavors every week, and, it's really neat, and I think it's just something different and refreshing that people can have here. Excellent. I think one of these days we're gonna have to do like a round table of dessert makers and barbecue. We're gonna have to get Janelle, you know, Leonard's mom on. There we'll get go. Mama Miller on. Yeah. We'll get your wife on, and just <laughs> and talk about Larry all these Robbins. ridiculous. Yeah, because we needed more calories in our life. Now we're ordering desserts <laughs> everywhere we go. It's like holy crap. When is it gonna end? Yeah, we used to be just meats, and then meats and sides, and now it's meats and sides and desserts. Like, it's the yeah. evolution of barbecue. It, it is. Yeah, it but really it's not is. the evolution of my, my stomach <laughs> and my waistline. I can, I can speak for that as well, man. I think I've gained more weight. But that really is, and we've, we've talked about it a lot, that's how barbecue has evolved this last five, ten years, is it's no longer just get, give me one slice of really good brisket because right. so many places serve really good brisket now. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And that's that's what – it's kind of funny because I'll be out there in the pit sometimes and people – people would come out and they'd be like man those ribs were phenomenal man and that sausage was great and they wouldn't say anything about the brisket and uh joe would be like man they didn't say anything about the brisket and i'd be like dude don't worry about it like i know we have good brisket i go but so does so many other people in texas and the fact that people are talking about our other meats makes me even happier about it because you know i know that we're doing not just brisket right but hopefully the overall oh, platter of it, yeah the, i mean know? the ribs were Right. And, and and the more you introduce those different proteins and different sides and everything to people, the less angry they're going to be when you sell out of brisket, too. Right. Exactly. You know, exactly. So if all you have is good brisket and you sell out of it, they might just walk out the door. But, yeah. No, you're right. But if they know your ribs are killer and you got the Oaxacan sausage and just everything else on the menu is quality, then... And heck, the profit and margins okay. are a lot better on that than brisket. Absolutely, <laughs> yeah. you know, it's kind of what we were talking a, about with the whole pulled pork thing. Yeah, and so we, we were back in the pit room earlier talking about pulled pork, and now everybody should eat more pulled pork. <laughs> yes, they should eat more pulled pork, people. <laughs> Please, um, but you know, there's 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 different. First, we say that we didn't order any pulled pork today. So. <laughs> it's okay. A couple we of idiots we are. Yeah, well, we we eaten plenty of pulled pork. Yeah, we had some earlier. Yeah. But no, it, it's a great thing to do to kind of help out balance everything. It, you know, some of the meats cost more 
the prices fluctuate so much. You guys are trying to hold the line. I mean, you know, I, I don't want to get to the day of twenty-five dollar a pound brisket, but no. it, it's going to get there eventually. I mean, that's that's just life. I mean, all I don't time, even I don't even like having brisket at twenty. Neither do I. You know, um, <laughs> but but, but you like it even less because you have to pay for it. Exactly. Yeah. You know, but I mean, it's just it's not. We're not we're not living in those times anymore where where brisket's eighty cents a pound. Yeah, you yeah. know. I mean, when you're paying almost five, four dollars a pound for brisket, you know what? Where you got to make you got to make some kind of profit. And I know we talk about it a lot, but you know, a lot of people don't don't think about it. You know, you're serving prime brisket, right? Um, you know, this isn't this isn't the cheap stuff at HEB um, or Costco or wherever you get it. So you're already starting kind of in the hole. Right. You're trimming these things, and and you may trim, um, you know, two pounds off of a single brisket. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's so then you're in the hole even farther then it's going to shrink while you cook right. it so you know people really should understand there's a lot more to it and, and you mentioned you know the cost of wood yeah you know, all of these things that's not even factoring in the labor cost no you know seasoning. 12 to 15 hours of cooking right you know all of these things add in seasoning i mean pepper is i, I don't oh, know how much man. you pay a pound but <laughs> jesus pepper man pepper alone is, is it's, people it's, don't it's think about it no yeah. they don't you know, and I mean, peppers in everything. Yep. It's in everything. Yep. I think our barbecue sauce is more pepper than anything else <laughs> in this place. And it's, it's. I mean, everything, everything costs money. And it's not that we're trying to gouge people's eyes out, but it's that we're trying to make a living, pay overhead, and you know, have make quality food for people. Yeah, yeah I mean, it's it's hard to you know, it's hard to explain that to people that haven't sat there and trimmed a bunch of briskets and haven't you know watch that 18 pound brisket right. turn into an eight pound brisket right. by the time you serve it and there's just so many factors that go into it and now on top of you know the cattle prices fluctuating and everything yeah. else you're dealing with supply and demand because there are more and more barbecue joints ordering more and more briskets now right. and so it's it's well, not only barbecue joints i mean you got what burger joints ordering oh, briskets yeah. you know yeah, just yeah. To arby's is up. buying everyone's briskets yeah these you days, know and you know? dairy queen had the brisket tacos yeah 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 brian eats all the crappy fast food <laughs> brisket <laughs> And no, then complains that it's crappy yeah, fast yeah, food. Yeah, complain about it. <laughs> I'm the same way. Uh, let's talk about the Nepalis. So um, what you did that, that I hadn't seen at a barbecue joint, at least, was pickled Nepalis. Yeah. For those people that don't know, that is cactus. Yes. Um, without, the, without the barbs. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> um, that, was, that was a pain in the ass in the beginning because we would get them in, we would get them in hole and they would have the thorns in them. So we'd have to sit there oh and eat gosh. thorn every single Leaf you don't and cactus. Do that now. No, God, no, I don't <laughs> do that, man. Uh, my my rep is amazing, and she found a place that will bring them to us already dethorned. Oh, but God. I mean, you're talking yeah. like, fuck, man. We would sit there and like be cooking briskets and just be dethorning, you know, yeah. for these, something that's almost a giveaway. Yes, yeah. for, you know? for something that's almost a giveaway, yeah. and and, that's, and, that's crazy. and then you know, and then hoping that people would. You know, be receptive to it and be like, "Oh, cactus, yeah, yeah, I want yeah." Otherwise, that. you spend all this time doing this, and then no one wants it. Right, like, exactly. So, um, but yeah, so you know, it, it was just one of those things. Like, I love pickling. Um, I think it's something really, really neat. Um, and I wanted something different, and I was like, "All right, I know that." I always loved uh, the uh, Bill Miller's onions. It's they're they're one of my favorite onions to eat, and I was like, "I wanna, I wanna have my own style of Bill Miller's onions." So I was like, all right, I'm gonna I'm gonna pickle it, you know, this way, and then I was like, I'm pickle, I have pickle pickles, and I wanted to pull away from pickled red onions. Everybody does them. I was like, I don't want to have pickled red onions. So I was like, you know what? I think I'm gonna do pickled bell peppers instead. So I did pickled bell peppers, and then um, I had so much serranos from all the, you know, p- from putting them in the sausage and stuff. I was like, you know what? I'm gonna do pickled serranos too. And then I was like, 
I'm going to pick up something else. <laughs> and I was like, you know what? I think I'm going to do cactus. And Joe was like, what? And I was like, yeah, man. <laughs> no, it's Let's really good. Your pickling spice is great. I appreciate uh, yeah, that, yeah. It's really good. Yeah, we're fans of tortillas and barbecue. We blame Valentina well, for getting us on everything, that. But Absolutely, yeah. man. Well, you know, I, yeah. I always knew that I wanted tortillas at my barbecue joint. And then um, when I saw Valentina's doing it, I was like, yeah, man, that, that, that's what you're supposed to do. Like, yeah. barbecue and tortillas go hand well, in hand. Oh, it works. It goes back to that evolution yeah. and yeah. How, how there's different, you know, there's never been one style of barbecue anyway. But it's great to see that there's these different kind of factions that are coming off and mm-hmm. they're going each going their own way and... and inventing and changing and tweaking which is just wonderful um, lots of fun to get out and try and eat all of this so you guys opened doors was it december 2016 20 yes 2016 december 2016 um it, it was what are we at we're 18 you're 18 now <laughs> i think 15 15? Was it 15 gosh i don't know, I don't know how long you've been open <laughs> a year a year okay <laughs> yeah you know what yeah yeah because we just hit a year this last december so yes yeah, 16 okay 16 yeah so, uh, obviously, right out the gate, there, the, the talk was there from the barbecue community that you guys were doing something really good out here. Um, and then, of course, the, the Texas Monthly List came, and, and you, you, I think you guys and Pinkerton were probably the two youngest yeah, joints that made I the think, list. Uh, I want to say I opened, or maybe, I don't remember if we opened at the same time. Or if we opened a week apart. It was really close. Yeah, it was, really it was close, super, super yeah. close. I remember talking to Grant, and we were both like, we were like, oh, man, this is going to be crazy. Like, we're, you know, nervous and stuff. Right. And, you know, and it's it was it was a pretty big deal, obviously, for everyone that made the list. But, yeah, it's one of the questions we ask everyone that's been on this list because it is such a, you know, such a big thing for these restaurants that drives more people to them. What was that day like when you when you found out, you know, that you made the list? It was, it was awesome, man. Um, something that... Something that I had dreamt of, you know, accomplishing years ago and then actually doing it was was really, really neat. Uh, I remember I told Joe. I was I mean, like, it's a really short time span. You yes. Know, which is, which yeah, is, yeah. We were, we were, we were in business. I think we were five months old when, when that list came out. Yeah. You know, it was it was phenomenal. I mean, there was talk of top ten, but. Um, there were some, some, I guess, internal uh, the, rules uh, that you needed to be open a year before yeah, you were yeah, so, eligible. Yeah, so you got, I, I, I don't know if I was even, you know, considered to be in, in the top 10. I, I didn't even, I wasn't even going to put that in my mind. But yeah, you have to be open a little over a year, I believe, to, to be considered for that. Um, and just being in there was good enough for me. Yeah, I was like, very rarefied company. Yeah, this is really, really great. And I mean, that, that boosted up, you know, foot traffic in here definitely. And it was just, it was, it was a huge, it was a huge, uh, it made for a busy summer, I'm sure. Oh, for sure. For sure. <laughs> yeah. Know? Let's, let's kind of talk about the summer and, and which will means we'll talk about the pit room. Um, you know, you're cooking outside here, which is not too different from a trailer. You got cover, right. but you know, it's, it's not that far different. Um, some more questions from Corey and we'll mix a few others in there. Um, you know, how hot does it get out there in the summer? It gets hot. Um, whatever the temperature is outside, it's about. 20 to 30 degrees hotter inside that smokehouse um so yeah it gets it gets it gets pretty crazy plus whatever humidity you've got right. outside as well yes yeah. that damn humidity but you, will. but you guys did get a tv in there we oh saw. yeah hell yeah we did <laughs> um i was like man if we're gonna be bunking here we might as well make it comfortable right now do you watch any live sports on that no i'm actually not a big sports nut <laughs> um i watch more uh i like watching the office a lot a lot, a lot of stand-up um hey, there's I watch a new Joe show Rogan. called corporate I have not watch. seen it. Yeah, no. It's kind of right. like The Office. Yeah. It's nice, good. nice. I just um, parked Parks and Rec is really cool. 
Joe had never seen The Sopranos. We were binge watching that for a good while. <laughs> That's um, one good thing about cooking barbecues. You can binge watch a lot of stuff really fast because you got nothing to do for yeah, hours I mean, on end. Once so. you know, once once we get done doing everything that we got to do for the next day, after that it's it's just downtime. Like you're just watching briskets after that. You're just babysitting. Yeah, oh, assuming you're, you don't you're have here, to pull somebody babysits them all night, right? Yeah, yeah. So so in the beginning it was it was me and Joe, and we would do we would everything would get done. Around 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock, Joe, Joe would go to sleep. I'd stay up, you know, briskets come off, ribs go on, and Joe would wake up around 4 in the morning, then I'd, then I'd crash out, wake up around 7. By that time, you know, Joe would just babysit the fire for me, and then I'd wake up, finish off ribs, start throwing on the next load of briskets, start hanging sausage for that day, and then we'd just be doing that every day, every day. And now, now we have Dusty, who is... Um, who's been phenomenal. Yeah, so that, tell us about Dustin. He, he's yeah, your yeah. New, new, new hand out there. Yeah, he's, 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 uh, he's my new pit hand. Uh, he's actually been, he was at our first pop-up in Lytle. Oh, wow. And he came to every single pop-up that we had here at the restaurant. He was here opening day. And I was, I was like, man, who the hell is this white kid that's just <laughs> standing in this barbecue line this whole time? And I was like, I know this kid. And so one day I was just like, hey, man, what's, what's your name? And he was like, oh, I'm Dusty and blah, blah, blah. I was like, oh, yeah, cool, man. Well, nice to meet you. And we were joking around with him one day. We were like, man, we're going to need you to get you a job here. And he was like, hey, if you, ever guys, if you guys ever want some help, like, I'll work. And I was like, okay. Wow. I said, well, when, when can you start? And... And he did. He's, he's, he started the following week. He, he goes to college, to UTSA. He's actually from Houston, uh, born and raised there. And um, he's, he's phenomenal. It, awesome. it, it, took me, it took me months to get him to where he's at. And, but well, now, months is not that long. No, yeah. no, not, not at all. Not in this business. Not in this business. Did he have any, any previous restaurant or cooking none, experience? None at all. None at all. Um, he loved barbecue. He would, he would barbecue here and there. But... No, he came in fresh, which is exactly how I okay. wanted him. We've That's, seen that with several Yeah, other Nathan Peer, our buddy out at Evie Mays, came, was, came in and ate at Evie Mays and then ended up working there. No That's awesome. No previous experience. So. Yeah. But then you I, don't have to break any bad habits. So. Right, exactly. Right. So I can I molded him to be the way that I want him to be. And then now, you know, he kind of – I'm seeing him, you know, kind of do his own thing and he, you know, feels briskets his way. And, you know, as long as, there was, as, long as the end result's great, you know, I'm, I'm happy with it and stuff. And he's – now, now there's there's days in the week that he cooks on his own. It's nice. Very cool. It's nice. Yeah. Let's me lets me go home and see the wife now and stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It helps, it helps with the sure. marriage, right? Yeah, away, I mean, yeah. after a while, sleeping on a cot, fucking sucks. <laughs> <laughs> in a hot pit room in the middle of the summer. Yeah, yeah. yeah you know, I, I've I, I've camped out in the summer in Texas, and I I can't imagine. There's nights <laughs> when it's just so so hot you can't even sleep. Yeah, I, there was there would be times when um, I'd be sitting I'd be sitting on the chair watching TV, you know, watching briskets, and I'd see Joe, you know, oh, I'm like, what's up, man? And he's like, can't sleep. It's too damn. It's you know, too hot to sleep. It's too hot. Yeah. I'm sweating, and I'm just like, just make the best of it, man. <laughs> so, is there any plans on any new pits, pit room expansion, or? Yeah, um, hopefully um, by the end of the year we'll have a new pit. Awesome. Um, that's that is that is the plan. Uh, you know, I I definitely am tired of cramming ribs and brisket, <laughs> you know, on the same pit, and, and uh, I would I would love another another pit to be able to maybe use as just you know cooking ribs or even an overflow of briskets if if, if it was to get to that point, and you know caterings and. 
just any kind of festivals and events, it'd be nice so to have that extra. Yeah. yeah. Well, not mobile, but it'd just be nice to have that extra space gotcha. to be able to cook, you know, whatever extra we need that we can't fit on the first pit. And, and your current pit is a John Lewis Austin Smokeworks? Yeah, it's, it's an Austin Smokeworks pit. It was the last pit built before Austin Smokeworks was an actual company, which is kind of cool. Um, and, I mean, I didn't think I was going to get one, but when John presented it, presented that option to me, I couldn't pass it up. I was cooking on it already at the barbecue, and I kind of knew the way that they flew. Or I like, I love the design. I think it cooks well. So I was like, hey, why not? Let's, let's and do so it. What, and, and obviously, you don't have to go into specifics of design if you don't want to, but what is it about the pit that you like? I mean, how it cooks or yeah, I mean, what's the benefit of it? It's just the airflow, man. Um, you know, the it's, it's more bottom heat as opposed to top heat, which I like. Um, the... The evenness on the brisket's really good. It gives me the bark that I want. And so, I mean, with all that, with all that, with all that NASCAR. in play, yeah. Oh man, you have no idea. <laughs> At nighttime, this whole strip becomes a oh, racing nice little strip. Drag strip. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's a, it, well, because there isn't a light for like a mile. Oh yeah. So you're good to go. <laughs> uh, but yeah, um, I mean, it's just it's it's a very well thought out pit, and I I enjoy cooking on it. My next pick won't be an Austin Smokeworks pit. Um, it won't be a Moberg either. But I have a buddy of mine who's who's designing designing a pit. He's actually helped a lot of people design their pits, which is really cool. And he's gonna he's gonna design the next pit that we're gonna have here. Oh, very cool. Yeah. It's probably similar, you know, style. I mean, you're not going yeah, to vertical yeah, or anything crazy. Yeah, it'll, it, it'll be similar style, but it's it's more you know his his layout of it and gotcha. stuff. And so we'll see how it goes. I'm awesome. actually excited for it. Okay, so uh, I've got one more from Corey, and thanks, Corey, for the questions. Um, and I'm curious about this one, too. So uh, he said that you're a big Star Wars fan. I am, yeah. All right, so uh, <laughs> what is your take on The Last Jedi? Ah, oh, man. <laughs> you know what? I I enjoyed it. I really did. Um, I, I loved it a lot. I even the Princess Leia Mary Poppins scene. You know Spoiler what? That was kind of dope. Um, <laughs> I didn't say what happened. I, just I said loved, she's I Mary loved, Poppins. I loved how they kind of, how they kind of made it a little darker. I really liked that. I kind of liked the way that they were going with it. Um, I just wish, I just wish that they would have, I don't know, just gave, just answered a little bit more, you know, as opposed to leaving things very vague. That and then the whole Snoke thing just pissed me the hell off. Like, I was like, you kidding me, man? You're going to yeah, build all this of that guy? and he just got slashed yeah, and he's you're going to build stunned. all this up. You know, I wish the I wish they would have emphasized more on the Knights of Ren. I wish I would have known more backstory on that. Um, but other than that, it was a great movie. Um, I'm on the curious. 27 different sequels and spinoffs, you might learn a little bit. Yeah, I mean, you know, the, the new Han Solo movie looks I was going to ask, yeah, really, what do you think about that? Well, okay, so I um, I don't watch trailers. I don't, I'm, I'm that guy. I don't read anything. I don't watch anything. I just go into the theater, you know, and I, I, I watch it because, man, they give too much away and I don't want to know everything that's going to happen. I want to be surprised. We do the same. Um, it was on during the Super Bowl, but I don't remember it. So. Um, but uh, it, it, You probably don't remember the Super Bowl. <laughs> There's two he teams. was in Vegas. <laughs> two teams in or one team I sure hope you don't remember the Super yeah. Bowl. You're in Vegas. Um, I won my bets, though. Uh, go Eagles. So anyway, um, back to the back to so I mean the problem I have is is of course it's going to be really hard to beat you know Harrison Ford oh, in that yeah. character right but it, it's interesting and exciting as long as they don't screw it up 
um, I think that's that's going to be a good one. Yeah, I mean, I know there's a lot of people that say like, well, we kind of already know what's going to happen and where it's going to lead up to, and it's like, yeah, but still, you know, I'm, I I would like to know his backstory. Right. I want to know how he ended up in the Millennium Falcon, and you know how 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 he how he got to the castle run and all that. And I mean, I'm excited for all that. But as far as the Last Jedi, it was good. It was good. <laughs> it was you know. good enough. It was good. Well, there it's you no go, Rogue Corey. One, but, you know. <laughs> Well, we can't end you on a Star Wars question, so we'll end you on this. First Sunday of the month, barbacoa. Um, is that, that something you've introduced that's going to be a regular thing for you guys now? Yeah, so every first Sunday of the month, um, definitely. Uh, San Antonio is a huge barbacoa city. Uh, we have a damn barbacoa Big Red Festival here, for crying out loud. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, so it's, it's definitely something big here. I grew up eating it every Sunday. It's definitely something that I love to eat and then i knew i wanted to bring it i can't do it the traditional way i can't put it in the ground the you know the health department will shut us down <laughs> but um i try i try and get as close as i can to you know cooking it in the ground and smoking it on the pit which is kind of cool but yeah i'm i like it i think i think we have a really good barbacoa um it's been it's been people people been really really responsive to it and stuff and they really enjoy it and they look forward to it so we're just we're gonna keep doing it till so it stops selling. Till the cows come home. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. Our, our buddies uh, Terry and Taylor Osborne, who've c- come here all the time, they're from San Antonio. He said that it's some of their favorite things to get. They make sure they are going to be coming here every Sunday. They were here last Sunday for it too. Yeah. And they're like, "Oh, you got to come here for the barbacoa." I'm like, "Okay, well, it looks like we're making Sunday trips to San Antonio <laughs> now." So we'll, well plan that's for one that. good thing. I mean, they are open on Sundays, and so absolutely, you know, there's not a lot. Um, you know, truth is, but um, there's not a lot of these road trip barbecue joints that are open on sunday no something important for people to know is that if you can't make it out on a saturday you can't make it out during the weekend make the run down to the yeah well let's castle everyone, run down to we'll everyone know what are the official hours of 2m smokehouse well give or take sellouts of course right so you guys are open oh we're open thursday through sunday thursday through sunday no, we're, we're, you, we usually sell out around two thirty, three o'clock okay so so um, 11 unless, to about unless, th- unless it's a rare, rare day like today you know so there you go, guys. Um, you, you need to get out here. They're serving some of the best barbecue in Texas, some of the most unique flavor profiles on sides and desserts, and one of the better full meal barbecue places we've had in a long, long time. So it was a great meal today. We're looking forward to our next great meal out here, and thank you so much for coming on with us. Oh, man, thank you guys so much for making the drive out here, man. This is awesome. Outstanding. Thank you, Sol. 